Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Shaleen, thank you so much for creating Podcast 517, Girl, Does Your Style Need an Update? I needed a little bit of a push to go through my closet and get rid of some stuff, especially my sparkly jeans with the cross on the pocket. So thank you. Hey there. Welcome to this. I know I always say this, but I really mean it. This is a special, special edition of The Shaleen Show with my husband, Brad, where we're talking about his father's struggle with Alzheimer's, how it affects the family, what that's like, what that means for everyone in the family. And this is really deep. And guess why it's so deep? Because we get to hear from you. It's not just Brett and I talking, but it is a candid conversation between the two of us. And it's also a really candid conversation, including many of you. So thank you so much to everyone who contributed to this show. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. So I'm going to just jump right into this. I told Brett, I'm like, listen, let's not talk to the audience. Let's just talk and let's, you know, put the microphone on the background and let's just be really real. So the following is that real conversation between the two of us and, of course, your real conversations with me. I want to, first of all, say thank you, thank you, thank you. There's so many messages. If this is an episode or a topic that you enjoy, please let me know. Sometimes I feel like, gosh, this show is so self-serving. It provides me with so much. It's so therapeutic. This is what we're going through. I don't know if this is of interest to you. I pray that it is because... It will affect you. You will be going through this at some point, perhaps sooner than you want to. But I I need to know. I need to know if this is what you want because I'd love to do more episodes on this, but I also want to serve you. This is your show. So please reach out to me immediately on Instagram. Send me a DM and let me know. I'm at Shaleen Johnson. He's at Brett Johnson 11 on Instagram. Send us a message and let us know if you'd like us to do more of these and specifically what we can address for you. All right, here we go. It hits home hard to watch your parents get older. It does. And obviously I'm going to be there for him, but this been really hard on me to watch my mom not be my mom anymore. I feel like I'm the one telling her what to do because I am I'm like, mom, you need to call the doctor if you're falling all the time. Maybe we need to get you a new blood pressure medicine. You know, it's like, and then I have to like make her do it right then. It's just real hard to watch. But thank you, Shaleen. I don't think you know how much, no matter what I've been going through in life, it's like, you know, and I've been there. So it's amazing. It feels like you're mourning, mourning someone constantly who's still living. And that's a really bizarre feeling. And nobody wants to talk about it because everybody, I feel like, has the idea that it's just a natural progression of aging. And that's not true. We've talked about how one of the strangest, weirdest, most uncomfortable things is that your dad's personality has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. And also who he was, like the role he's played in the family 
So can you share with people, I don't know, your thoughts on that, like how that makes you feel, maybe the dynamic change it's had on your family? Yeah, I think it's started probably five or six years ago. And it's hard, but I don't think it's at the point yet where it's like, sad i'm not sad about it i mean i still see him and i guess there's still glimpses of of how he used to be i guess we take each stage at a time so far it's been manageable i think i think you're right i've been sad sometimes when i know we're all in a room together is when it happens for me it's when we're all together and he's usually been the person that is teasing the most the most witty has insane one-liners, mm-hmm. makes everybody laugh, says things that like, you're like, did he just say that? Yeah. You, you know, kind of almost like, you know, never politically correct. And I guess, so I've already kind of got over the fact that I'm just never going to hear those again. Mm. But that's probably the saddest part is when we're all together as a family and I mm. don't see him being like the person that stands up first to say something or lead the conversation. So in some ways, do you feel like you've had to start, like, grieving? I mean, like, because, frankly, if I'm just going to be honest, you're better this week than you've ever been. Like, it has been really, really hard up until this week, even though things haven't gotten better. Like, his situation hasn't changed. No part of the situation has changed. But you seem a lot better. And I think you've probably already forgotten now how bad, like. That's what EMDR does. I, like 10 days, <laughs> 10 days ago, you said, this feels like a mountain I will never, it's just a mountain that will never end. We'll just keep climbing and climbing and climbing. It feels insurmountable. And today, in the last like five days, you've seemed much more like taking it in stride. I will agree with you. And I think anybody that's listening to this right now and have heard you and I talk on podcasts before, the importance of getting professional help and seeing a, you know, sitting down with somebody that's trained and has gone through this stuff and and heard other people. And so I, you know, I told you like three weeks ago, I go, I'm going to go see an EMDR. I got to go see somebody and do some EMDR therapy, a therapist. And this week, it was just kind of like a little bit more of a breaking point. And you were like, I just really think that you need to do that. Like you kind of just, I already threw it out there that I wanted to do it. And you just kind of like reminded me like, Hey, you said you were going to go do this. You should go do this. And just one, one hour session really kind of, kind of grounded me. Now I've done a lot of EMDR therapy. So that helps Mm -hmm. because I knew like what my trigger was and I knew where I needed to go. Would you be willing, and maybe it's too personal, you don't have to, but usually when you go into therapy, you have a cognition or like a belief, like a thought that's going through your head. And would you be willing to share with us what that was and maybe how it's changed just since that one session? Yeah, it was helplessness. Okay. Yeah, because it was a situation where I felt like hopeless, helpless, like I can't do anything about it. And I usually like to try to fix things. And so that was one of my major problems, issues anyway. So it was just tapping back into that and figuring out that like, I'm not hopeless, I'm not helpless, and I can only do as much as I can. And I got to let God take over the rest. And it was the first time ever in during EMDR therapy Mm -hmm. that when I went there, like, you know, where you 
you go back and forth with your eye movement or you go back and forth with sound if you guys have ever done EMDR was the first time that at the end when I got my feelings all the way down to a zero that it was like God came into my thoughts Mm. to let him kind of just take over and just really like he was there. You know, I had Brock and Sierra in there at times. I had you in there at times. I had childhood in there at times. I had my parents in there at times, Rob in there, my brother in there at times. But then the ending of it was like, just like, I got to just surrender this to God and let him just kind of navigate us through this thing. That's so cool. All right, let's hear from a few more of our lifers. My father passed away a year ago of dementia. He was 95. My mother is 90. And they live three doors down from my husband and I. They've had almost round-the-clock care, in-home caregivers, for the past two years. And I am one of three children, and my I have two brothers, but I'm primary caregiver with regard to their finances and that type of stuff, arranging caregivers. I am responsible for paying them. I feel like I'm running a small business outside of their home. It's very difficult to juggle everything. I'm very active in our community. I have a career that my commute's an hour a day. I have a husband, three children, grandchildren, five grandchildren. I am always feeling constant guilt. It does not matter if I'm there. I feel like I should be somewhere else with my kids, with my husband, with, you know, work. With If I'm away, I feel like I should be with her. It weighs on me, and she wants to be with my dad so bad. She misses him. They were married for 67 years, and it's heartbreaking. But it's very, very difficult at the point now where she's almost needing full-time in-home care because... I promised her and we all said she's going to stay at home. We're not going to do a a home, you know, and so we're going to do everything we can to keep her in her home. But it's not easy. And I feel like every conversation I have with my friends, that's all it's centered around. And I walk away very upset that I brought it up again, but I just feel like I need, you know, support. I need to be heard. My grandmother really just required full-time care. And in that process, my mother ended up selling her home. She sold almost everything that she had made a home with over the last 30 years and moved in with my grandmother to be her full-time carer. And in that process, it changed not only our relationship, but the dynamic of my siblings and my whole family. Everything changed. I know that it's very difficult on the children of aging parents, but it's also difficult on the grandchildren and watching your parent sacrifice their whole life, which is what I have done. And I understand that it is her mother, but I'm also watching my mother give up those years of her life that should be for her. And and it's really a challenge. This is an interesting one. Like I think about my uncle Gary, who's been taking care of my grandma for so many years and taking care of her like in person. Mm -hmm. Right. And then my mom and us, you know, we've helped from a financial standpoint, but we're so far away. I mean, and that's like a whole conversation, too. Like there's been times where rightfully so he's been very angry 
at other members of the family because he's there 24-7, right? He Like he took that on. He really has sacrificed so much in his life to take care of my grandma. And then he has siblings who some have done some things and some have done no things, like nothing really. Yeah, and he's gotten very angry, very resentful, and he's sacrificed so much of his life. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. In fact, I don't know what the right answer is. Here's one thing I want to say is that you can't think this is ever going to be fair. Like you're super lucky right now that you and your brother are completely on the same page. But from all of the people who've left these amazing messages, that's not the case. Almost just so you know, it's just so you know you're not alone. Of the messages we've received, I didn't get any where it's like, oh, the whole family's on the same page. There's always one person who ends up being like the person who's doing all the organizing, all the scheduling. There's one person who tends to be there in person. There's one person who tends to be more financially responsible. Sometimes that one person does all of those things and their siblings are doing no things. So, you know, I think that's like a whole nother conversation we could have. This could probably be a 10-part series. But what are your thoughts on... I have mine. What are your thoughts on the guilt and the feeling that some people have that, okay, I'm supposed to set my whole life aside because it's my obligation to care for my parents in such a way that it like takes over the life I was living? We had this conversation, and I think I know for myself that if I was in my dad's situation, that I wouldn't want Brock and Sierra to feel like they were obligated to do a massive amount. Mm-hmm. Nor do I've, I've already told you, I was like, you know, once I get to a certain stage, I'm, you know, or whatever, you know, I don't expect you to like take care of me. Uh-huh. And I think that in my circumstance right now is I know for a fact that my dad doesn't want Rob and I and you and the family to take on this burden, mm-hmm. you, you know, and I don't want to call it a burden right now, but it's to take on this responsibility, responsibility of taking care of him. Mm-hmm. Cause like right now he still has enough cognition to like, you know, know, like he looked at me the other day when we went to the doctor's appointment, he's like, we're paying for this. So like he already knows, like there's extra. Like he was saying, like, I don't want you and Shalene to pay for it. I want to pay for yes, it. Yes, yes. You know, so he, he, you know, he knows enough to where like, okay, this doesn't need to be a financial thing for Brett and Shalene or Rob and Dana, or that's my brother and sister-in-law. And so I just know that he wouldn't want that. So I think I'm okay with whatever we can do to provide him help and a better life and just opportunities and we're already doing it. You know, we were reading the books and we're listening to podcasts and we're doing the research and we're going to doctors and we're trying the best we can. And I think that's, I think for anybody, you know, that's what you got to do. You got to like do the best you can. I think the best you can needs to be, I mean, that's like so individually defined the best you can. Cause like we could be doing more, we could move him into the house. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we could do that. So we're able to do that. So are we doing the best we can? I mean, how do you define doing the best you can? Because so many of these people are talking about feeling extreme guilt and giving up their lives and selling their homes and all their worldly possessions and making it take a toll on their own health. Like to do the best I can means I'm going to sacrifice my own health, my own relationships, my own financial situation. And that's how they're defining doing the best they can. And I think you and I have come to an agreement 
you know, you have, because this is your parents, on what the best of your ability means. So I want to say before I ask you what that is for you, and maybe you're not comfortable with that, I don't know, but I just think that it's different for everybody, but I do think you have to consider just what's right for you on your heart And also remember that you have to honor the rest of your family and your life and what God has intended your life to look like. Are you living his purpose? All right, so now your answer. I lived with my dad for years and years and years. (laughs) And I coached with him for 20 years. I know my dad very well. And I know my mom very well. And I think most of our listeners probably know their parents very well. And I think what you got to do is you got to kind of do what feels good in your heart. And you have to also go, if they were of complete sound mind back when they were raising you and you said, hey, when you get old, you might start losing your memory a little bit. Do you want me to take you in? And do you want Shalene and I not to go on vacations and you know make a lot of sacrifices so that you can live with us and stuff like that? And he would say, hell no. That's just something that this week that I've kind of, come to that conclusion or resolution that I'm going to think about like, okay, what would my dad want? Yeah. Like, what would he say when he was 30 years old and raising us? Yeah. If I asked him all these questions. Which is a really, really, really good point. That's all the more reason why you need to have these conversations now while you're lucid and with your parents. I need to have this conversation with my parents. Just bringing this up and, you know, the recent deaths that we've experienced with friends our age who's inundated with a lot of like death lately. So it doesn't even matter what age, like also another friend who lost her her son age 19, like you just never know. And there was a period of time in which her son was incapacitated and you want to know people's wishes. You want to have these conversations. So we've had these conversations with Brock and Sierra so they know what our wishes are because once you start to lose who you are, You aren't going to respond the way you would when you have all of your faculties. All right, so listen to these. I work at the German Center for Neurodegenerative Diseases, which is a research center in Germany or all across Germany. For the most part, we do not actually know what causes it. Alzheimer's has a genetic component in maybe 3% of cases or so. There's three specific genes that determine whether someone has Alzheimer's but they only determine Alzheimer's if the Alzheimer's disease starts in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. Nobody should be going through this alone. And another thing that's really important is that if you know somebody has Alzheimer's, you will not be able to take care of them until the end at home. Unless you're a fully qualified nurse, you will not be able to do that. And that is okay. You, as the healthy spouse or child, also deserve a happy life. When you know somebody's diagnosed with Alzheimer's, start having a conversation about what is it they still want to do in their life. Have they always dreamed of going to Hawaii or traveling the world? Now's the time. When things fall apart, what does the person want? Do they want to go to a care home? Would they be willing to do that? Would they prefer to have a carer come in, a professional one? have these conversations because they are preparation for the future. Neurodegenerative diseases do not get better. Do not lie to yourselves. I see it occasionally in my patients. Be prepared. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Be patient and never, ever stop loving them. 
even if the disease changes fundamentally who they are. Sending you lots of love from Germany, Anna. I think the biggest thing we can do as we look forward with aging parents is have very, very honest conversations. Have conversations about what they would like while they have control, while they have capacity. And one of the things we had to do was to say straight up, you either decide these things or they will be decided for you. What were his wishes? What were his decisions? And his, the staff at the nursing center always knew that. Hey, I just want to take a moment to thank our show sponsor today, Third Love. I love Third Love because they understand that we are all very different. They have over 80 sizes of bras, including half cup sizes. Now that's a lot of bras. How do you know what size you are without actually trying one on at a store? Well, I've got the answer for you. It's their Fit Finder quiz. It's really simple. It'll take like less than 60 seconds. Over 15 million women have already taken this quiz. And every time a new person takes this quiz, a new woman takes this quiz, it gives them more intel and you're going to get a better fitting bra just by using your phone. You can literally go to thirdlove.com forward slash Shaleen and you're going to get 15% off your first purchase. But for sure, take that quiz because that's what's going to allow you to understand like what is the best bra for your breast shape? Like how do you get a good fitting bra? It's going to help you understand that by taking that quiz. And that's their promise. In fact, get this, you get to wear the bra for 60 days. You can wear it, you can wash it, you can put it to the test. And if after 60 days you don't love it, just send it back to Third Love. What do they do with the bras? They donate clean bras to women in need. So far, Third Love has donated over $15 million worth of bras. That's pretty cool. Third Love believes that there is a perfect fitting bra for every woman. So right now they're offering Shaleen Show listeners 15% off their first order. Yep. All you have to do is go to thirdlove.com forward slash Shaleen. And that's how you find what bra is going to fit you perfectly. You'll also get 15% off your purchase. That's amazing. Okay, I'm going to say it again so you don't forget. Thirdlove.com forward slash Shaleen for 15% off. And I have to tell you, when I go rummaging through my bra drawer, I guess I need to donate a couple of them because I keep going back to my Third Love bras. They are just that well-fitting, that comfortable, that stylish. And you just have a better day when you're not fussing and tugging and pulling and messing and adjusting with your bra. Ladies, you're more likely to have a good day when you're wearing a good bra. A great bra. Thirdlove.com. All right, back to the show. It's been a really interesting dynamic as your father's personality has been changing it's crazy. It's just crazy how he was always the loudest, most vivacious in the room. Like he's so intimidating. He's such a large figure. Like even now when you take him out to lunch, like he's like Norm. Everybody knows him. He's iconic in this area. He's like the second winningest football coach and all of high school football coach in all of Southern California. He's helped to shape the lives of thousands of young men. Like this guy is the most remarkable man like just teaches kids about ethics and family and just like just such an amazing person. So opinionated, so positive, right? Like we just went to a doctor's appointment with him 
at the Amen Clinic, and God bless him. You know, they showed him scans of his brain, and then we talked about all the changes that he can make from a lifestyle and dietary approach and just all these integrative things. And they explained to him, regrettably, that, you know, Bob, you you can't drive. Like, we knew that, and that was one of the reasons why we had scheduled the doctor's appointment, which, by the way, is a great thing to do. If you don't want to be the one to take away your loved one's driver's license, schedule a doctor's appointment. The doctor has to, by law, tell the patient they can't drive and they have to notify the DMV. So that was great. We didn't have to do that. It wasn't like he was driving very, very rarely anyways, but it was time. And we decided that as a family. And Bob was like, so if I do all these things, you know, I'm going to get my brain back, right? And the doc's like, you know, we're, we're going to make some real changes. He's like, all right, all right. So I'm just going to get my brain back and then, you know, get my license back. Yeah. <laughs> Fred's laughing. But, you know, I mean, he's so optimistic. My point was his personality is changing. Yeah. And the man who your mother fell in love with and who was taken care of, she was taken care of by him for so many. Everybody was taken care of by him. And it's created like it's so much harder on the the actual living with caretaker than anyone could possibly imagine. It is so much, so much more than we could ever. I mean, I have so much empathy for your mom, but how has that affected you seeing the dynamic between them change? That's been the hardest part because like you said, my dad was always large and in charge. Mm -hmm. Like it was, you know, he did the planning Total optimistic person, you know, personality. It's not going to rain. It's a hundred percent chance of rain for three days. It's and it's not going to rain. It's going to be sunny and warm. You know, it's just like nothing will get in his way of positivity. You know, which was one of the best things about coaching with him because no matter what the situation was at halftime, whether it was good or bad, he was always going to be positive. And it's why we didn't lose very much. I remember one time when your mom said, I don't understand. Bob and I are so positive. Why are our boys so negative? <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's balance. All the times he was so positive and it didn't turn out right. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it was. Because you can't be 100% right all the time like he thinks he is. But you know, and I get it. I mean, my mom was taken care of by him and not just taken care of, but like led. Picture somebody for 50 years, every single day, this is what we're going to do. Like, this is your itinerary. This is our itinerary for the month. So our itinerary. This is what we're going to do in April and it's January. You know, it's just, you know, he led and he was always a leader. And, you know, now he doesn't have the capacity to do that. So that's got to be really tough on her because it's not just like, you know, us just talking about that and about his personality changes and stuff like that. She lives with it. Yeah. So she's got to wake up every morning going, okay, I'm not going to be led anymore. Yeah. And so it's the dynamics change and to have that ripped out from underneath you when all you've known is that it's almost like two plus two is four, four. for 50 years. Yeah. Now two plus two isn't four anymore. So how have you been able to, because at first, if we're going to be honest in this podcast, at first you didn't have any empathy for your mom because you couldn't understand. I mean, it was difficult for you to have empathy. Okay. Do you not want to go there? Well, I mean. I mean, it was hard. I mean, okay. your mom would understand if she heard this, but it was hard for you to understand. Sure. Do you have more empathy today? Yeah, I do. Yeah? Yeah. 
I do because I've seen her try to grow through this too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I think if she would have just stayed in the same place as she was six or seven months ago, it would have been a little bit more difficult, but I would have come around eventually. But I think just seeing her over the past, you know, pretty much weeks kind of start to, I think you used the word soften. You said soften the other day, but trying a little bit more and a little bit more open to some of our suggestions, because that's all you and I are here to do. And my brother and sister-in-law, the four of us have created a, you know, our own group text messaging thing. And all of it is, is just ways to help them. So as long as she's open to us helping and making it easier, then I'll even be more empathetic towards it. The one thing I would say about this process is it is way more time consuming than you could ever possibly imagine. And so I just want to say this. We haven't talked about this much yet on the podcast, but I, I might not be doing five podcasts a week. And that's because this is and can feel sometimes like a full-time job. And it's not my parents, but as you know, with me, I am the pusher. Yeah. It's like, okay, this needs to get done. We're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your mom needs help. We can't push this off till next week. Yep. We need to help now. Yep. We need to make, no, we can't talk about these appointments being done next week. They need to be done now. And I don't feel it as a burden. I always feel like that's God's gift to me is to be pushy, but it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time during the day. It takes a lot of phone calls, a lot of communication. Scheduling. Scheduling, uncomfortable communication. The most important thing you can do in this whole process is communicate. And, you know, not that I want to speak for your mom, but, I feel like your mom has struggled back and forth and back and forth with a, this is the right thing to do. It is my obligation as a wife. I need to just, I don't want to burden my children. I need to suck this up and my life is going to suck, but I, I don't need help. I can do this myself. I, I'm going to do it all myself. And then she reaches these breaking points where she's like, I need help. I, and then she's like, no, 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 I don't need help. I can do it myself. I can do it myself. It's my responsibility. And that going back and forth and back and forth is taking a toll on her health. It's made us kind of crazy because we're like trying to help, but then our help is denied and she feels guilt. We feel guilt. We feel like this miscommunication happening. We finally just have to sit down and say, okay, no one who has people around them offering to help should do it on their own. You can't do this on your own. And so I want to play for you a couple of messages. You guys, I love you so much. How much do I love my listeners? She loves you guys a lot. And these were awesome messages. We're not going to be able to get to all of them, but I was making dinner tonight and listening to them all. And they were helping me as much as my therapy session. Which, by the way, we should say, you know, your mom went to therapy this week, and that was huge. She'd gone to support groups, and unfortunately that made things worse for her. But she went to therapy this week, and she's done it a couple of times, but she found a different therapist, and she's like a, you know, it's only been two days, but she seems like a different person. Yeah, you know why the support groups were bad for her? Because she went real early. Mm. And I'm not saying that don't go to a support group, But just know, if you go to a support group, and let's just keep it on our case, and it's Alzheimer's, and you go to a support group, you're going to see people there all the way across the spectrum to even people that have lost their spouse Mm -hmm. in those support groups from Alzheimer's. So, like, be prepared. Like, you're going to hear all the 
And my mom wasn't ready for that. Like she was at early said, like he could still do everything. And she wasn't ready to hear all the things that he wasn't going to be able to do. Yeah, that's true. It was so much doom and gloom. And she was hearing about things that were, you know, in the final end stages. And she wasn't there yet. So she felt like, oh my gosh, my life is over. We're in, I guess, the middle stages. Like maybe your dad's stage four, stage five, maybe. I would say if we went on a 100% spectrum, I, I would say we're probably about 40%. Okay. I don't think we're at midway point yet. Yeah. Yeah. And we're very hopeful. We're working with some great experts and implementing some lifestyle things that we haven't been able to do thus far. And we can get into all of these things. I just don't know how much of my audience, like this is interesting to you, or you're going through this, or you expect to go through this. If you are, gosh, I mean, I'd love to do more episodes, wouldn't you? Yeah. Super helpful. So I just want to say about my own grandmother. She was being cared for by my uncle and, you know, like his whole commitment to her was like, you are going to be in our home. You know, you'll never have to go into a home. Well, as many of you follow me in social media know, I just went to see her. She just moved into a care facility and I wanted to visit her and Brett made sure that we could go back there over Christmas to see her in her new home. It is insane. Like her life Her quality of life has so improved versus trying to stay in a home where there isn't someone there 24-7. There aren't activities planned for them. When someone's staying at home by themselves, unless you're with them all the time, it's still just you. She's now at a care facility where it was remarkable. Like every hour, there's new activities all in Tended and designed around improving her quality of life, improving her cognition, improving like there's planned physical therapy, planned outings, planned things that improve brain health, stimulation. And that's the one thing we heard over and over again from the doctors we met with this week. The brain needs to be stimulated. You know, you need new activity, you need to meet new people, new surroundings. So the idea of seeing somebody in a quote unquote, you know, what do they call them? Retirement homes or whatever. Nursing, nursing homes like that ideal. I'm sure they still exist out there, but there's amazing facilities that can provide far better care than you might be able to on your own. Okay. So this next part where Brett starts to answer the second or actually the first part of my question it gets a little emotional. So there's some pauses in our recordings and I was going to edit them out, but I decided like I should probably keep them in there because they're very real and very raw. And it was such a cool moment for the two of us to be sitting in my podcast studio. And both of us had like tears just streaming down our face, but they were like happy tears. I don't know how to describe it, but just like tears of gratitude, like tears where you realize all the blessings that you have and what's important and what matters. And so anyways, there's a point in the recording where you you might feel like, oh, is there something going on? Yeah. It's just, we were crying and hugging and kissing and just kind of connecting. And that's the blessing that this podcast is. I just can't thank you guys enough for opening up these kinds of conversations with us. And you are so dear to me. I just can't even tell you how much love I have in my heart for you. All right, back to Brett. Okay, lastly, I'd just like to say this, there are many, many blessings in all of this. So for you, 
And I, I can see the many blessings. Can you see the many blessings in this? Well, the, the very first blessing of all is that probably for the last three or four years, my brother and I haven't been as close, you know, just whatever reasons, you know, yeah. kids at different stages, just whatever family stuff. Right. But in the last six months, we've never been tighter. So yeah. that's a blessing like to, you know, to have you and myself and my younger brother of three years, you know, back to like, you know, tight and, and really unified in this. Like we haven't had a disagreement about like what we should do one time. Yeah. And we're really on the same page. Okay. So two questions. Number one, has it given you a different perspective on what matters and what doesn't? That's my first question. And my second question is, has it changed the way you're living your life right now? Are there things you're like, oh man, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be in this position or I'm going I'm going to do things differently. Okay, there's two questions there. So let me a- answer the second one first. Okay. 100%. So going to all these meetings and finding out that, you know, this is a hereditary disease. And that, well, not that often. It's 3%, but you you've got the gene. But I have one of the genes. Yeah. So I have like a 10% more likelihood of getting whatever it is. So I'm listening to everything that you're supposed to be doing environmentally, you know, health-wise, working out, eating properly, infrared, infrared, getting your blood work done to check all these things. So I'm 100% on board with that and I'll just keep doing that and even doing more. So I think it's just highlighted that more for us, even though we've been kind of on that path, but it just makes it, it just brings it home even more. There's three things that have happened. So your personal trainer that you're working with that lost her son at 19, our dear friend, Mindy, who lost, you know, her spouse, Lee, and then my dad, all three of those things have kind of come into like just rapidly. So it's just like changed like perspective on just let's just do right now. Like everything that everything and anything we want to do, let's just do it now, you know, and not, not sweat the small stuff, you know, it's true. Oh, who cares? Right. Okay. That was a good one. We're done. We're done. (laughs) You better say something to finish it. Like what? I don't know. Am I still going? Yeah. Are you sad? I'm not sad. Happy tears. Happy tears. Um, Sad thinking about those things that have happened, but happy that because those things happened, you change your perspective. And if something bad happens and you don't change, that's really bad. But if something bad happens or you see something that needs to be changed and you change it, then it's good. So if there's anything in your life right now, that'd be my advice to your listeners. If there's anything that's bugging you or that you know that's toxic or bad in your life or you know you need to change, just do it. And don't worry about if it's going to cost you money or anything like that. It just just do it because like your peace of mind and like the people that love you is what's important. Will you um, come back and do an episode for us about how important it is to have all of your 
personal documents, your finances, your wishes, your life insurance, like all of those things. Like that's another thing we've learned over the course of last year that like you need that in place for so many different reasons, like your final wishes. And again, like I think it's no coincidence that we've had someone in every stage of their life lost, lose their life or like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. from someone who's 19 to 50 to 70 and in all cases, like it puts so much burden on the family because they don't know passwords. They don't know social media codes. They don't know like all of these things that like we they don't know what their partner wants. They don't, they don't know what their, <laughs> or their loved one, like yeah. what did, what did they want in their death? So God, this is super morbid, but it's not because you're going to like hang out with Jesus and no, he's like not. super it's cool. It's life. It's life. You're right. It's life. All right, guys, we love you. We mean it. And we'll talk to you soon. Good night or good day or good morning <laughs> whenever you're listening to this. Thanks, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. I wanted to mention a tool that I think you're going to find incredibly useful, especially if you struggle sometimes to know what your purpose is. What is your thing? Like, what are you called to do? Why are you here? What makes you great? What makes you unique? You know what? I think you're too close to yourself to actually even see it. I think if we asked a lot of your friends and family members, they would know. But I want you to know it. I want you to declare it. I want you to see it. So I've developed this really simple questionnaire. You just download it. It's kind of like a quiz. But you're going to know all the answers to this quiz because it's a quiz about you. And when you complete it right there in your own handwriting, it's going to be perfectly clear to you what your thing is. So do me a favor. No, do you a favor and download this questionnaire. You can get it for free by going to shaleen.com forward slash my thing. And then answer the questions and I want to hear from you. Send me an Instagram message and let me know, like, what is your thing? I'm really excited to hear. And I know you will be too. It can be life-changing and clarity providing to know what your thing is. The same answers are going to come up over and over again when you fill out this questionnaire. It's going to be so obvious to you. And it's going to give you that boost in confidence that maybe you've been missing. All right. Again, shaleen.com forward slash my thing. And I am really excited for you to do this. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.